Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded. And today we thought we would take some time because we have some new listeners to reintroduce ourselves. Hi. Welcome. So glad to have you. We love you. Yeah, we are grateful. (laughs) We are trying to grow and delighted for every new set of ears we get. Thank you for tuning in. Um... So tell me a little about you, Mans. What do you do for work? What do you like to do outside of work? What are um, some I'm Mandy. Mandy things? I professionally am self-employed as a freelance graphic designer and creator. Sorry, creative director. And so I do that during the day. I also, as a side hustle, am a nutrition and strength training coach. Um, Jess and I both share that passion, and we do. And I also do a lot of fitness in my spare time for myself. And I also enjoy cooking and traveling. And reality television is my sport. So I am very passionate about it. And my dog. Yeah. Your dog. We love Rook. Um, Yeah, I will say reality TV is kind of the, the real clincher for our friendship. We were like, oh, damn. It's like that and fitness, you know? Yeah. It really brought us together. Our two big loves. And candy. And candy. Yeah. Um, so I work in higher education. I sort of just wrangle people and do budget, uh, which is very fulfilling for me. I do really enjoy that. Outside of work, I am really, really into weightlifting, Olympic style, not Olympic level, to be clear. And I don't know. Yeah, baking. And she's a fabulous baker. Thank you. Like her cookies are gold. You're amazing. Tina would say good as gold. Good as gold. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I think they're pretty good. I eat too many of them. I'm now actually, Saul made a rule, I can't bake unless I have somebody to take half the cookies. <laughs> because we will just eat batches of cookies. Um, Yeah, that's kind of, that's that's me in a nutshell. And then, you know, fitness, candy. You're also an activist. You put a lot of time and effort into things you feel strongly about. Yeah, thanks. I didn't know. Yeah. Um. That is very true. And I I care deeply about that. And kind of on that note, should we get to our uh, our candy review? Yeah. Let's do it. So I ordered some candy from a Palestinian company called Bilotti. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, We got some watermelon gummies. And I don't know what to call those ropes. Um, They're like the sweet tart. Um, candy ropes on steroids. Yeah, they're huge. They're they're beefcakes. Yeah, and they're, they're delicious. Like, I didn't know that I liked the inside part of the ropes probably more than I like the gummy outside. Yeah, there's more ratio of powdery whatever that is in the center goodness. I guess, like, <laughs> to me, it kind of reads as, like, a nougat, but sweeter than kind of a regular nougat-y I think filling. it's like if they took sweet tart uh, hard candies and then crush them up into a powder and then put something in there to make it slightly less powdery and a little bit more sticky. Yeah. That's what I think it is. That's a really good description. <laughs> um, the sweet tart ropes are just off the hook. I They're huge, too. I ate three and was like, whoa, I've 
I've never felt full from candy <laughs> until that. Um, Jess did make a story about the company, but we will include a link to this company in our bio for a little bit in case you're interested in looking them up. Yeah, you know, they ship from the UK, so it definitely wasn't cheap. But uh, I tend to make one candy purchase a year from another country because there are a few places. New Zealand uh, has some candy I really like. So it's my once a year splurge. But this was hands down worth the weight and the cost in shipping. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. And the watermelon gummies. What did you think of those? I thought they were really good. So if you guys remember us reviewing the berry clouds, the watermelon rind kind of has that similar like creamy puffy texture. Yeah. And I thought they had great watermelon flavor. They do. And I again, this always surprises me when it comes out of my mouth, but they're not overly sweet, but they're sweet enough. And yeah. so I also feel like I can eat more of them because I'm not giving myself like a sugar stomach ache. I would always like this kind of candy more if it was a little bit more sour but I tend to gravitate towards sour. That's fair. I could actually see some sour and not going a long way, but there is zero sour. Because the sweet ropes have that like tanginess from the sweet tart filling. So that's almost bringing in that oh, tang. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. Man, those ropes. Chonkers. They're so good. So thank you for sharing. Happy to share. Always happy to to support places that I can. So should we? Wait, we have a couple icebreaker questions. Oh, man, I'm really sorry. I <laughs> That's just like okay. guiding us all over the place. I think that the activist um, was a natural transition into the Palestinian candy. But yeah. we picked a couple random icebreaker questions to ask each other just as a funny uh, way to help you guys get to know us better, but also to laugh about stupid things about ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'll read my first one. Okay. If you were a wrestler, what would be your entrance theme song? Oh, God. I had to think a little bit about this one. Um, I think it would be I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. And, you know, it has like the theatrical entrance moment. So I could bring the drama and I definitely see like full blown sequin 70s look. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask. Okay. Big yep. shoes. Yeah. And then, you know, you just start kind of breaking it down. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> Mandy, I need this to happen. I really do. If your career and everything else goes to shit, let's make you a professional wrestler and we will do this. I can see it. <laughs> me too. I think you would be so fun. Um. Okay. Let me find your question. Okay. Jess, if you found yourself in a zombie apocalypse and you could have three people on your survival team, who are the three people you would bring? Okay. I guess I have to make this general caveat. No offense to you or I, but like, I don't want either of us on our zombie apocalypse team. Our anxiety, um, it would be rough. So it's no, like, We're I not love an you. Asset. No, it's just anxious. I don't know. I'd probably just be stating the obvious. Um, for me, it would be my husband Solomon and his mom because those two are just so smart and the calmest people I have ever met in my life. So those are important people to have. Yeah. And they know they're, they're, they're very handy. They know their way around firearms. Like, yeah, those are my people. And then, uh, my good friend Mitch, who is just, <laughs> I, right? Like, I can't not. I just, those three would go far. Yeah. That's true. Um, Mitch could ruck you around in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. He could. Mitch also just is somebody who's incredibly, 
Loyal. Loyal and very good in crisis moments. Yeah. Like Mitch will solve a problem. Yep. doesn't matter what the problem is. That problem's being solved and that's what you need. Yeah. Somebody true. who has the knowledge to solve problems and it's not me because something breaks and I'm like, well, done. <laughs> Dead now. There's no fixing that. <laughs> I think that's a solid team. Yeah. I, I respect it. Thanks. I feel, I feel pretty good about that. Um, if you had your own late night show, who would be your first guest? I asked her if this person had to be dead or alive, and she said anyone. And so I'm going to go with my childhood, my childhood answer and say Robin Williams. <gasps> I love that. Just because I think he would be a delight to just converse with and see his energy in a conversation and who knows where it would go. You know, that's really touching. I could see that. That would be an excellent first guest. So RIP. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. Jess, if you were stranded on a desert Island and you could either take your worst enemy or go alone, which would you choose and why? Okay. I guess it's deserted island. I don't know if I thought it was. I thought always thought it was desert. <laughs> deserted desert. Deserted. There's no other people there. Deserted makes sense. Desert island also. I mean, that would be a little rough, but <laughs> um, deserted island. I had to think about this. So I'm going to go with somebody that like, I mean, in my mind, I have enemies, but not really. There are people that I don't know, political, vi- you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, But somebody that I used to refer to as my arch nemesis, I would absolutely take her. Oh, okay. Why? You don't have to say her name, but tell us why you yeah, take yeah, yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, she's incredibly fit, strong, super smart, capable person. I would be so stupid to not have somebody like she would be an asset. Absolutely an asset. Like she's a she's a formidable foe okay but you know i guess if like push comes to shove and you've got to survive she's also the person you absolutely want on your team so i would have to swallow a lot of at this point i wouldn't have to it'd be fine but like at the time of nemesis height i would have to swallow a lot of my ego and recognize you know you're better off with her than without her absolutely i respect it yeah that one was hard though i had to really dig deep for that because i don't know i also really like being alone so i would be fine but i also would probably die considering my zombie answer like she's probably worse off with me (laughs) so in a way (laughs) you're still winning (laughs) i'm winning sucks for her oh man i love that answer i'd probably be like going the wilson route and just have like a you know a palm leaf as a friend oh i you know Sometimes it's good to just have somebody to talk to that doesn't sass back. (laughs) Or a rock. I have a very creative imagination. I like it. I would just die alone and sad. (laughs) No, I I think your answer is smart. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. She'd probably save you. Oh, absolutely. Get off the island. We'd, yeah. With her, absolutely. So. Okay, you guys, we have so much to talk about today. So much. We had two Bachelor episodes this week, which is a lot of content. And God. I felt like both episodes were meaty. There was like a lot happening. They were. This season is giving and I am beyond grateful for it. It is. It's been the funnest Bachelor season in a really long time. Yeah. I don't even hate Joey yet. Right. We don't hate Joey. He's done such a good job, like really showing up, being present, taking things seriously, but also being able to laugh at himself and do dumb things. So Humanizing the role. 
hugely. And then, you know, we've got Vanderpump that had drama. Drama. Okay, so starting with Vanderpump? Yeah, let's do it. We open with Schwartz showing up to Sandoval's birthday. And Tom is pissed about the conversation with James. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I hate Schwartz now more than I have ever hated him. But I will say this one little redeeming moment. Well, he had one last episode, too. He did. He's got him. But he kind of lost me. Yeah. Later later. in this episode. But uh, Tom is bitching about the way that James handled the situation and demanded that he be apologetic. And Sandoval can't be. And Schwartz was like, but you need to be. Yeah. He was like, you should have said yes. (laughs) And instead, then what does Tom do? Double down. And as soon as Tom brought up the fact that he pulled the Kristen card, Schwartz had his head in his hands and he's like, oh, my God, you did not do that. Like, even Schwartz is able to pull away enough to be like, what the fuck, man? Like, what are you doing with? Like, do you want a relationship with these people? Do you want to rebuild? Are you actually sorry? You should have just said you were sorry. Right. Like, what do you want out of this? And And I think that was actually a really like in that moment, a very poignant question. Like, what are you trying to do here? And Sandoval seems kind of surprised that Schwartz isn't just like sucking his dick and is like, it's it was so much worse, man. Like he did the same thing that was so much worse. And it's like, what are we even talking about? That blew me away. The fervor with which he was so committed to the line that what James did to him was worse than what he did to James. Let's just break it down and actually figure out if it's worse. Okay. Okay, so we have, I think James and Kristen, sorry, I think uh, Tom and Kristen had recently broken up, but were still, like, sharing an apartment. Yeah, and, yeah, they were broken up. If I recall correctly, Tom was with Ariana? Yes, or starting, like, you know, I do think that Tom and Ariana probably fucked before Tom and Kristen broke up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um. Anyway, Kristen ended up sleeping with James in, in Tom's bed using Tom's condoms. And apparently there was a shirt to wipe off after things. Okay. <laughs> Sex is messy. James uh, was 21. Yeah. Kristen and Tom were not together. They did not have a good relationship. It was the kind of relationship you had. I mean, I was about to say it's the kind of relationship you have in your early 20s. But I think at that point they were both. Not in their early 20s. Kristen was cheating on Tom. Tom was cheating on Kristen. Yeah. And poor James getting caught in the middle of these two almost 30-year-olds. Yeah. Like, also, not to really defend James, but it's still kind of side-eye behavior of, like, James was, in fact, very young here. And I just don't see the equivalent then to fast forward a nine year relationship with eggs frozen and tom taking sperm to fertilize them to have potential children having purchased a multi-million dollar home um rachel being james's ex-fiance yeah sleeping with her in their house while ariana's asleep while ariana's away at her grandma's funeral um 
I and like for how long the affair also went on, like how many times did Chris? It doesn't even matter how many times Kristen slept with James. Yeah. Like this affair went on at least seven months. Yeah. With Tom and Rachel. So I just am like really failing. Like I was so blown away by Tom. Like this is his hill. What James did was so much worse, though, Jess. <laughs> I like. And Tom the thing is, is, he actually believes it. Oh, the, the seriousness on his face. He is so upset by this and like can't move past it and just is incapable of seeing himself as anything other than the victim. And then we see him complaining about the conversation to his friends like Kyle Chan and Billy Lee, which. Why is I guess Billy Lee is team Sandoval. Like, why is Billy Lee like at the party? I don't want to perpetuate rumors, but it does seem like Billy Lee and Tom Sandoval have some chemistry. Like, they do seem to gravitate towards each other, you know? Uh, Billy Lee just can't help herself. <sighs> well, and the thing <laughs> is, is um, I think Ariana makes a point that he's, like, surrounding himself with people who won't um, be honest about... What did she say? Yeah, that he's paying these people. He's just, they're yes people. Yeah, Nobody's like, going to disagree with him, challenge him, tell him he's in the wrong. He's surrounding himself with people who just support Tom. Yeah, I, Sheena tried to come to Kyle Chen's defense saying that he isn't that, but I don't under, I mean, he is. He's Tom's jeweler. And Tom spends stupid amounts of money on things like it is kind of to Kyle's benefit to like maintain that relationship. Yeah. So I think it does kind of just and then who do you have as band manager? Yeah. Jason. So, yeah, it does kind of seem like Tom is just around people that either he pays or he doesn't seem to know that well, because James was like, who are all these people? Who's who? <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the next morning, we see Anne cleaning up the birthday party mess. Oh, and she does not get paid more for that, yeah. which is disgusting. Tom Sandoval, you suck. I mean, she's your assistant, not your maid. Yeah. As someone who oftentimes has to clean up the, the shared space at work in the kitchen, that sort of stuff sends me. Like, if it's not your job to clean, it's not your job to clean up. I mean, I don't know, you know, what she was hired to do, like, if that was a part of the agreement. But I, I believe I saw somewhere Anne has quit and come out as Team Ariana. Yes, I have seen that as well. So go, <laughs> so, Anne. Definitely. Um, And then Ariana and Katie are getting IVs because they are, oh, wait, we missed emo night. Oh, yeah, emo night. So we saw Sheena, Ariana, and Katie. DJ emo night. And can we just talk about how Lala doesn't know what emo is when she said is Nickelback emo? I was like, what are you fucking kidding me? Nickelback is alternative rock. Okay. I looked up Lala's age. She's 33. So she's two years younger than me. Okay. You know what emo is. Yeah. Like dashboard confessional. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yellow, yellow card. card. Like when I was listening to emo, that was when it was like on popular radio stations. Absolutely it was. Yeah. That was maybe she's just not into emo music and doesn't want to participate, but she did seem really out of place. 
And Sheena, Ariana, and I guess yellow card isn't emo. Who else is emo? No, don't ask me because now I'm going to have to confess that I also. I mean, I know what emo music is. I do too. I, it was never really my scene though. I'll just admit this. I was so diehard Britney Spears. Yeah. Everybody else was dead to me. Like that was the only person I was interested in listening to, but I do kind of. We don't know either. Jason Baraz and Celtic music. But <laughs> yeah, Inya was my other. <laughs> yeah. But I know what emo is when I hear it. And Nickelback is not emo. And I'm just saying, Lala, come on. You even if you don't know the emo bands, you know what emo music is. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to. <laughs> we don't know either. What is an emo, emo. band? Who is emo? Um, I'm. Oh, yeah. My Chemical Romance, Paramore. Yeah. Yeah, I I would have gotten there. I can hear the songs in my head, yeah. but again, they weren't my things to listen to. But like, if somebody played me music, I would know emo or not. Was Lala just thrown shade because she wasn't DJing? Like, what was that? <laughs> also, why wasn't she on stage with them? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like Lala's situation or sort of the way that she's orbiting everybody this season is really bizarre to me. You and I talked about this a little bit before, but... Like last episode, she just seemingly was not understanding Ariana's position. And then this episode, she's been so team Ariana, like, intensely. And then, I don't know. And yeah, the the not DJing, like, I, I just, she's got to be in a tough spot to see Ariana coming out on top after a cheating scandal and where she's at with Randall. Yeah. That's fair. That's got to just be hard. So I don't know. Like she's she's got some some demons to deal with. I would rather have her be a little bit more unpredictable. Um, It's more interesting television. Absolutely. And I really don't know if I could handle the entire season of her like not being more supportive to Ariana. So, yeah, that I'll would take be. It. Yeah, I, I was really impressed. She came around. So, uh, yeah. Then we have Sheena screaming good as gold, which was that. I, what do you think? She says that she didn't want to be pop. She's always wanted to be. I don't know if that's true. She wanted to be pop. I know. And it's okay to change your mind. Yeah. I have changed my mind many a time. Everybody should. But it just makes me laugh that she denies that she ever wanted to be pop music. She just wanted to be. She totally wanted to be Britney in the beginning. Yeah, she did. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't say that you didn't. Queen Britney all the way. So. I don't know. It just made me laugh. And Sheena was having a good time. Yeah. James throwing shade that they weren't really DJing. They were just playing a set list. But I mean, I would also just be paying, playing a set list. I think that that is that DJ level. I don't know. But is that a skill unto itself? Absolutely. Because I think to be able to put together a playlist that can keep the night going is a little bit of an art form. I couldn't do it. I mean, I understand it. It's like. It's like when people use Canva to design things and it's like, I understand that this is an accessible tool that makes your job easier and makes things presentable. Like a playlist is like I can put a bunch of music together and play it and it feels like I curated an experience. But I also see from James's perspective, like when you actually put a lot of effort into creating your own things from scratch, it's a completely different yeah. Colored horse. But I also don't <laughs> think anybody's pretending that right. Ariana, Sheena, and Katie have mad DJ skills comparable to James. I think it's just the fact that the term DJ can 
cover a variety of skill sets. Right, because radio DJs, that's what right. they do. So, yeah. yeah, it's there needs to be another word for what James does. Yeah, there's like real DJs and then DJ Light. Yeah. DJ Curious. DJ Curious. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There it is. Uh, Anyways. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, okay, Lala. Maybe not the most. Oh, did you see Sheena drop the mic? No. She did a mic drop, but then she hurried, like, bent down to catch it after she did her good as gold screamo. She thing. dropped the mic? As, like, mic drop. But then she's like, whoo. And she reached down and caught it really fast. You could tell she practiced that. It happened so fast. I just, the dumbest thing that I saw, but that was. I don't, that performance did not warrant a mic drop moment. Did it? She thought it did. I mean, I guess that's what matters. You know, yeah. She's a performer. If she feels like it deserves a mic drop, good for her. (laughs) Sheena is perpetual cringe, but I, you know, I don't want to knock somebody too hard for having confidence, especially around something that brings them Yeah, like I wouldn't do it. Same, but it still made me laugh. It was just such a Sheena moment. So, okay. Emo night. Anything else? No. Okay, IVs. Whoa, IVs after a night of partying. That's for the rich. Yeah, sounds nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, versus just like puking in your toilet and trying to eat, you know, like. I would take a a bag of vitamins and electrolytes. Absolutely. Um, Not a whole lot there, but then Tom going to talk to Lisa. Yeah. At so she's at pump. They're they're closing. They're packing everything up. Yeah, that was sort of like a heavy scene all around. Like Lisa's already feeling like unsure about her decision to close pump, and Sandoval comes with a beautiful arrangement of flowers. And this conversation was, I'm so surprised that Tom reacted the way he did to Lisa. Yeah. Lisa's basically telling him, like, if you really want to move forward with the group, then you need to be able to come equipped with, like, contrition and sense. you need to be sensitive and you need to give people time to heal and you need to be more understanding. She's basically saying, like, you need to have more heart for, like, what other people are experiencing. And to be patient. And, you know, Tom did apologize, but also, like we were talking about, he's not done anything action-wise to show that he's sorry. Yeah, you say you're sorry. Okay, that's, like, that's the starting point. But then everything after you do everything you do after you say you're sorry is a part of that apology and it has to reflect that you are sorry and tom has just not done that and his he's just completely unwilling to recognize how deep the hurt is and how like that kind of betrayal is going to take time to recover from it's not the usual oh i'm sorry and then we move along and if you're not acting differently why should people feel less hurt by you Yeah, and I think that that's a real clincher too, right? As Tom continues to be Tom. And if Tom is just so consistent, then Tom is capable of betrayal again. You know, he's not showing actual remorse. He's not showing that he's not going to do that again. In fact, he's just being his consistent, usual self that he's been for the last however many years. 
So it doesn't surprise me people are reluctant to believe him and that this is a real uphill battle for him. But clearly, this is maybe one of the hardest things Tom's ever had to do. So Lisa is kind of holding his feet to the fire and being like, you need to show up if you want to have these relationships. And he cannot handle it. No, he got really yelling at her. Ragey. Yeah, that was so defensive. Upsetting. And then he finally confesses that he has had suicidal thoughts. And Lisa lost her brother to suicide. And that was really hard for her. That was heartbreaking for both of them. I mean, I I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge like Tom feeling that way is devastating. And you don't ever want anybody to feel that. And I think that the grief of losing his friend coupled with losing all of his other friends and not having a support system in a time where he really needs it. And the media, like, burying him. Yeah. And, ugh, that's rough. Yeah, like, I can compartmentalize that and see how dark that is and how that would be really heavy and hard to get through. Like, as much as I dislike him and his actions, that would be, that would be really hard. Yeah, it would. And, you know, and I, 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 I move with caution here as I talk about this, but to me, with Tom, part of this too is, is if he had built up resiliency, if he had built up better relationships and not just been so consistently him and have this all blow up in his face, he would be better equipped. Yes. To handle the shit, at least regarding the affair. And he might then have the, like, People might not have abandoned him when he also really needed people. And I think it's rich that he is really upset with Rachel for being in this care facility, getting help for her mental health. And he's mad at her for that. And yet he also really needs to go get legitimate help. He should be doing the same thing. Totally. And also recognizing that he needs people in his life and the thing to do is not shove them away by denying and refusing and deflecting and projecting like (laughs) yeah like him being mad that he hadn't heard from her on his birthday um just the way he continues to like paint rachel in this season while she's away yeah it's gross and even more so like alarming when he clearly needs similar help like he understands the impact of their decision and yet can't even empathize with what Rachel's doing. And now he's making himself like out of the two of them, because they already tried to make them both of themselves the victim in this situation initially when it came out. Right. Right. Um, but now he's making himself the victim out of Rachel and himself. Like, oh, Rachel left. She doesn't care. She doesn't you know, she doesn't care. It's my birthday. She's not checking in on me. I can only talk to her when it's on her terms. When it's like, you should actually be grateful that she's somewhere that we're, that is going to help her process and heal from all of this. And if you actually loved her and were invested in a relationship with her, it would in turn make your relationship healthier and better. Yeah. And be inspired by that, Tom. Be inspired that she's taking steps to get healthy, to do what she needs to do to continue trucking forward. And so it's just shocking to see Tom... I guess handle this in like all the wrong ways I mean, and I, how devastating it like the, the effect of just all of that is I'm sad. curious to know if we will see 
the breakdown of when Tom and Rachel stop being in a hypothetical relationship. Yeah, because that so far sort of, at least as we understand it right now, they are kind of trying to make it work at this point in the season. Yeah, yeah Tom's still saying he loves her. Um, they're still in touch with each other. Yeah. I'm glad that she she's talked about this on her podcast. I'm a few episodes behind, but she recognizes now like that also was not good for her. And the way that Tom behaved towards her was really manipulative and not good. Yeah. So that that was that was really tough. Somehow the scene ends with Tom saying that he's going to try. Yeah. To do better and maintain these relationships with the friend group. I guess if anybody can get through to him, it's Mama Bear Lisa. Maybe. Yeah, I guess that's true. We'll see. Time will tell. I mean, Lisa protects Tom and more, way more than she should. She also protects men way more than she should. She really does. Uh, which is a bummer. So I'm not surprised, but I also hope that, like, I'm glad that she said what she said to Tom. Me too. Tom needed to hear it. And I'm glad that she didn't completely kowtow to him. Yeah. That is at least the some silver lining. All right. We also have a scene where Tom Schwartz comes to talk to Lisa. Ugh. Gosh, you guys, this episode's so heavy. Yeah. So that he brings up how his brother is not doing well. Bert has cirrhosis of the liver. He's in rehab for the third time for heavy alcohol use. As a result, what was the catalyst for that? He said his brother got jumped outside of a bar and had never been the same since. That is also heartbreaking to have such a traumatic moment and never recover, never recover from it. Wow. That's that's brutal. And Schwartz has alluded to I think his dad also was like diagnosed with cancer during this time and was going through chemo. There's a lot of stuff going on in Schwartz's personal life amidst the scandal of it all. Yeah. And, you know, Schwartz is also post-divorce. I will say that this, um, despite my attitude towards Schwartz as a person, he's going through a lot and it's very evident this season. It is. And it makes me wish that both Schwartz and Sandoval had done any work on themselves prior to now you know like they shouldn't be behaving the way that they are at 40 something years old and it's like damn you guys would have a lot better coping skills had you not been such assholes for the last 15 years yep and it's not to say that what they're going through isn't hard but i think they themselves would be able to weather these hardships for themselves better in a healthier way <laughs> in a healthier way yeah Ooh. um so he's talking to lisa about that and then lisa is telling him about how they're opening a new vanderpump restaurant in tahoe and which sounds awesome let's go to lake tahoe please um so tom schwartz casually invites himself and she's like yes come like bring everybody which leads us to the night at sir everyone decides to show up to sir for see you next tuesday Including Sandoval. Yes. Woo. One thing really quick that I want to touch on that Lisa and Schwartz talked about. No, 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 you're totally fine. Because this is sort of like, I think, a key piece to like 
Schwartz feeling so bold to go invite everybody to go to Tahoe. Lisa basically saying, like, it's clear Ariana's moved on. Oh. And I was like, is it though? Ariana has not moved <laughs> on. I was like, is that what ha- what has happened? Just because she's taking advantage of brand deals and living her best new life doesn't mean that she still isn't fucked up and hurt and healing. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's going to take her years of therapy to move past what Tom did. Like, like both that, things can be true. Yeah. And this is something that she talks about in the after show. Ariana is she's getting a lot of shit for working. And I think people forget that, like, even though she's getting these deals, it's not like she's just getting sent free stuff for nothing. Like she's having to film ads. She's, she's participating in the work and getting paid to work. And given now sort of the uncertainty of her future, she's not wrong for capitalizing on all of this and for her ability to put money aside, save, do what she's got to do because she thought she had a double income, a partner to help with all of this, and she does not anymore. So it's weird that, like, her working is being viewed as moving on. Also, everyone processes grief differently. Absolutely. Some people need to stay in bed for three months, and some people need to just move, move, move. And, you know, and there's also room in between. But I'm just saying the way that someone navigates grief is not does not make it wrong if it's different from the way you would do it. Yeah, we don't get to judge how people grieve. I will say that when I'm depressed, I sometimes have a tendency to overbook myself. And it's almost because I don't want the time to sit down and be present with my emotions. Yeah. And not, I mean, yes, I can say that that is maybe not the healthiest way to do it all the time. But I do know that that's how I tend to, like, escape my issues. I don't think... And maybe somebody can can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I mean, I don't think how you manage grief is ever like it takes time before you can reach a healthy space of being able to process grief. Yeah. It really does, because I don't think at this point Ariana's had any time to really even fully accept what has happened. And it takes time. It's one of those weird things where grief can hit you a lot later, right. too. And so. Well, yeah. out of self-preservation, she's yes. just, she's going forward. Exactly. And what else is she supposed to do, Lisa? I don't know. So I don't know. That really bugged me. And it I'm sort of like emboldened Tom, I think, to go into this next conversation, which is really where Tom loses me forever, I think. Sitting down with everybody. And checking her ego. Yeah, let's get to Sir. So James Kennedy is DJing See You Next Tuesday. Old school throwback. Um, well, I think he does see you next Tuesday most seasons, but it is a staple of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, having everyone at Sir was kind of wild, right? That was fun. I was it like, was fun. we're back to our roots. <laughs> um, so the whole group is together except for Sandoval came with, is it Kyle Chan? Yeah. He was with? Okay. So they walk in after separately and are sitting at a different table. And Tom brings up to the group his conversation with Lisa and that he wants to invite everyone to Tahoe. And the awkward pregnant pause of like everyone. He's like, yeah, yeah, including Tom. No, he said including you know, you know who. who. Oh, is that what he said? <laughs> Tom's Voldemort now. No? That's fitting. <laughs> and everyone's just kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> this conversation sent me because Ariana is just done with Schwartz. His people pleasing, his nice guy act like, no, she has set a boundary. She's right to have this boundary of like this person that I thought I could trust who literally ultimately betrayed me. I do not want him around. I don't have to spend time with him. If he's going to be around, I'm not going to be around. And if others choose to not be around him as well, that is their choice. And it's pretty clear by the conversation that he then has that Sandoval has with Sheena. Like this isn't Ariana's doing. Tom has done this to himself. Everybody is in agreement. They don't want Sandoval around the way Tom talked to to James. James doesn't want fucking Sandoval around. It's not Ariana. It's Tom. Yeah. So don't use Ariana as an excuse for Tom being the divisive one. Right. It's like it's making it Ariana's fault. And Tom and Tom in the after show were disgusting talking about this. Schwartz was like, I really just I definitely had to check her ego there that she needed to have her ego checked. And then Tom, trying his best, I guess, he's like, doesn't excuse what I did, but I just want to be clear. This is the Ariana that I deal with behind closed doors. This is how it's like. And it's like, oh, she won't take your bullshit. She's not going to, like, get out of here. Like, I'm sorry. So she also protects Tom by never having arguments with him on camera. So they have tiffs behind camera, and Tom views that as duplicitous, which doesn't make any sense to me. And also, yeah. She's done with your shit. She so, doesn't have to put up with you anymore. No. It's, and it's, it's just wild to me that Tom also can't see that he is the problem. It's so exhausting that any chance Sandoval has to throw Ariana under the bus, he will. Yeah. is a reminder like, oh, by the way, there's a reason I cheated. Well, fuck you. Leave the relationship if she's that awful. Yeah. Why are you fertilizing her eggs? Why are you doing all of these things with You're her? You're protecting she's- her by lying to her no and that's just an excuse he is just full but of Tom excuses is the victim of that relationship jess he just really <laughs> i know i know silly he was me. really small and ariana was really abusive and he had no other option but to have an affair and lie to her correct so that was an awkward conversation to watch tom and tom like hash out oh yeah because they're just like getting each other off being like yeah man yeah, Fuck Sandoval Ariana. is dumb. Schwartz is also dumb. They're just so incapable of really, I don't know, their EQ is probably negative something. <laughs> so, so Tom, so Ariana basically is like, yeah, I don't have to be around him. I'm not going to do that. And Tom makes some comment about her being queen of the group. <laughs> Yeah, she just, in response to that in the after show, she says, okay. And then Lala and James jump in and they're like, fuck yeah, she's queen of the group right now. Every year there's a queen of the group and it's Ariana now. (laughs) And Sheena, Sheena, Sheena. Yeah, there is always a queen of the group. I've never been queen of the group ever. Not once, never. But I always follow the queen. Which is bullshit. We've had so many seasons where Sheena has been queen of the group. When she's gotten married. And then when she got married again, yeah. <laughs> and then when she was going through a divorce We're... and was trying to be married to Rob. <laughs> yeah. Sheena has had her moments and it's not now. And she's just going to have to get over just that. Sit down. Sit down. Oh, Stop. Sheena is Stop so it. cringy. <laughs> 
I could not with that. But I also want to say I appreciate Lala letting Schwartz know that Tom Sandoval will also devastate him. And I think that that is a really good thing for Tom to internalize because like he's wrong to make this all Ariana's fault. Tom has put himself in this situation because he has been a bad friend to everybody, including Schwartz by putting him in the situation that he did asking him to lie. Tom Sandoval is not a good friend and he's not a good friend of Schwartz. And I understand sometimes you can get confused by somebody like just kind of sticking with you as like loyalty. But like, what is loyalty no, if there's no substance? Sandoval is constantly manipulating Schwartz. Right. That's yes. And I, I, I'm glad Lala called it out and I don't want something bad to happen to Schwartz at the hands of Tom Sandoval, but like it really is inevitable. Yeah. One could argue it's already happened. Like why is Schwartz in this situation? He has an inroads to be friends with his friends. And he's choosing the manipulative asshole. Yep. Ugh, I hated it. So then we get a very iconic moment. Ooh, yeah. Um, Sandoval asks Sheena if she's open to having a conversation with them, and they go to the back alley of Sir. Well, because Sheena's like not. Oh yeah, not in here. public. <laughs> Which did you notice how many loud places they filmed this episode? Yeah. Like Sir was loud. The restaurant that Katie and Sheena had a conversation was loud emo night, night was, was loud. loud everything was loud um so yeah she's like not here they go to the back alley of sir and i don't know i was just like yes an iconic moment like this is where it all happens <laughs> yeah also weird that tom brings out a drink for her a vodka tonic and she's like oh i'm not drinking and he's like you know i had a i had a feeling you weren't drinking like what okay thanks tom. also tom also isn't drinking so why did he bring her out a drink? I don't know. Whatever. He's Maybe it's like schmooze. a yeah, it's like He's a peace offering. <laughs> yeah. Um. So initially he's like telling her she looks good and likes her glasses, and they have like this little bantery moment where it feels like kind of like they are friends. Yeah, they're um, they're they're getting off on their Y two K looks together. Yeah, and then it gets it dissolves to Sheena feels like. Tom should have known that when she reached out about Ali that she was doing that with sincerity and that she feels like he never really apologized to her. And it did show the scene where he was apologizing to her inside of her house and he's crying, which is so interesting how many people got a heartfelt apology that weren't Ariana in hindsight. Um, Seriously. But again, apologies are more than just crying and saying you're sorry. And Obviously, their friendship has dissolved in the aftermath of the affair. Well, yeah. And I think it's really easy for Tom to say he's sorry when he's faced with all the things he's losing. And then, like we keep talking about, has done nothing to show that he's actually sorry. He's just mad that he actually lost things in this, including his friendship with Sheena. And I mean, I also don't really blame Tom for being frustrated with how much Sheena was utilizing him to make a dollar. So, like, I see For both sure. sides of it. Uh, I just think Sandoval doesn't have a leg to stand on doesn't. and maybe needs to be a little uh, more gracious. Yeah, in for accepting. sure. Especially if he wants to actually build a friendship with Sheena again, right? Yeah, it comes back to the old, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? He wants to be right. He does. There's no question. He's too dumb to be right. So he's just got to drop it yeah. and try and be happy. I think that's his only path forward. I know. 
Mandy's grimacing hard and it's not going to happen. <laughs> I it's it's sad to watch where things are going for Sandoval. It's his own making, but it doesn't make it easier. I also just like the fact that Sheena's so hung up on this fact that he blocked her. Like so fucking what? I have blocked people in my life not because I don't love them and care about them, but because I can't handle you right now. Yeah, sometimes you need social media is wild. I understand that like it feels offensive, but you have to remember it's like another facet or another window of your life. Like we do exist in social media. And sometimes that means you can't have that proximity to people. Yeah, it's like too maybe painful. I just need a boundary. It's, yeah, it's too hard. You want to be able to post things without somebody else taking it and running with it. You whatever the reason is, like you have to you have to respect that. It just is what it is. And I think that that is a weird societal thing where we expect that we should have access to people on social media no matter what and they shouldn't be blocking us but they can i've been blocked it's okay i respect it like I'm just saying of all the things for sheena to hang on hang on to it's like who gives a fuck if he blocked you this is about a bigger issue <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is more than instagram okay? I also, if i was tom and you my name was in your mouth every other word i would block you too absolutely yeah, Sheena, Sheena doesn't always win. Um, <laughs> so I get, I get Tom's frustration, but I also really understand Sheena's. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky, it's a hard conversation. I think both people have to be a lot more willing to come to the table and talk. And of the two, it does seem like Sheena is willing and Tom is not. Yeah. He still is pretty defensive. And, you know, I think he can communicate like, I blocked you for these reasons. I was really struggling. I was really hurt. Um, but in the end, like, I am sorry and I want to rebuild this friendship with you. You know, like that kind of dialogue is what needs to happen. Right. Not just like, well, you were hurting me and I was in a really dark place. And yeah. Right. And I don't remember who said it, but like Sheena does have heart. She does. I mean, she's trying <laughs> and it doesn't is, feel like Tom is. Sheena is the most likely to swing back to someone and be their friend. Yeah, Tom really needs to remember that, too, that Sheena is somebody that would forgive him. But, like, that's how bad it is that he's making her this upset. Yeah. I love that she called him a narcissist. Oh, God. And then his response was um, that I'm not a narcissist. Look it up. And then she says something else. And he's like, but Lala is one. And she goes, well, she's not. That's offensive. And just, like, walks <laughs> off. Like, did not even miss a beat. I... Fucking love that. I was so team Sheena in that moment. I think it's pretty safe to say that Lala and Sandoval will probably never be on good terms. No. They're like oil and water at this point. Absolutely. There's Which is fine. Yeah, they can be. Um Yeah, wow. What a what a conversation. Tom looked really sad at the end of all of that. No one to blame but himself. I will just say, and I know last week. I touched on the fact that, like, this season has a very different vibe to it. It maybe feels like it could or should be the last season. But thus far, this season has been fucking heavy. And it hasn't, it really been, has. it hasn't been fun. Um, I understand that this is, like, the aftermath of something really traumatic and divisive. And so that's what we're in for. But, man, like... It's not really the like lighthearted escapism that you sometimes get from reality TV. It's like for sure. Like this is heavy. Nobody really wants to spend time with each other and they have to get creative of how they even film this show at this point. 
Yeah. And you had, you texted me and I really appreciated the, the suicide trigger warning. Um, you said that and, and I just like, I don't know. I took it in and I was like, okay, noted, like be prepared for this. But then I guess I was really unprepared for it being Tom and yeah, the show ending with the hotline, if you're in crisis was like tough. Yeah. That's, that's pretty sad. That's brutal. And I think that, yeah, this has been a very raw season. So, um, ooh. I will just say, um, I, I understand cast members left the show and they should have left the show, you know, like Kristen and Stassi needed to leave based on like the allegations with what happened with Faith. Um, I don't actually remember why Jackson Brittany left the show. Do you know? I don't know. I think they just chose to leave the show. I think something. I, I don't think it was like really controversial. No, I think they just stopped filming. Like... Um, and since then, the show did try to bring in a couple new people and it failed. But I don't think the show has quite recovered from losing a chunk of the cast. No. Also, I thought it was, you know, you've brought this up that it feels a lot more produced in the after show. Tom was really upset about I can't remember exactly how like the context in which it came up, but oh, why Rachel doesn't like him anymore. And <laughs> Rachel's parents, a surprise to no one, don't like Tom. Uh, yeah. Why would they? Yeah, obviously. You know, Tom's pretty clearly a loser. Uh, and then it didn't help in his mind that Rachel's PR person was perpetually worried about optics. And Tom could not. Isn't that a PR person's job to be worried yes. about optics? <laughs> but I thought it was interesting, one, that we were talking about these people having PR okay. folks. Like, yeah. that's kind of a real break of the fourth wall, I think. Yeah. For this show particularly. Um, But fascinating to me that still, despite Tom feeling all of these things, just, like, is incapable of recognizing the importance of optics and, like, maybe trying to soften the blow of the public. And being upset with Rachel for this, too, of, again, like, she's trying to go into self-preservation mode and to get by. And even though Tom knows how bad all of it feels, he still can't comprehend why she's doing this. Like, he still can't empathize with her at all. And that's scary to me. Like, Tom is somebody who just really is showing a lack of, a, like, emotional response to people that he supposedly cares about. And that's wild. A lot of people aren't naturally empathetic, but you can learn to be more empathetic. That can, That is a skill that you can work on. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable and it's weird. And, you know, just like any other skill that we have to work on, like for me, setting boundaries, uncomfortable. But you can learn to put yourself in someone else's shoes and try to understand what they would be feeling and why in a moment. I think especially... When the opportunity presents itself, when you have fucked up royally, this is a good time to start learning new skills and figure out how to move forward differently. And Tom is not doing that. It's bananas to me. I just, he is not well. I wonder what Tom's parents are like. Well, his mom is a firefighter and lovely, and she gave him all that money that they put into Schwartz and Sandy's. I know, I'm and just like wondering, like, what was modeled to him to make him think that this is like how you solve problems. 
Yeah. I and I'm not blaming his parents, but I'm saying like, well, sure. We all take some of what we, yeah, that like, matters. And if you never do the work to understand why you react to something or unlearn certain behaviors, you kind of just stay the same, right? Yeah. Or become like more exaggerated versions of ourselves as we age. Yeah. And he's, yeah. Anyways, it's a good question. Guys, it's heavy. I'm still going to watch it, but of course we are. God. <laughs> Okay, Bachelor? Bachelor! I just want to get this out before I forget to say it. Okay. These two episodes were so beautifully shot. There were some, like, really incredible scenes. I'm like, wow, somebody's really pouring their heart and soul into, like, the, I don't know the right word for it, but, like, the cinematography, um, the music. Yeah. They're leveling up. They are. It. I'm. I'm surprised. I'm also having a ton of fun. We have a more beautiful bachelor. We have a more beautiful shot season. Yeah. <laughs> we have beautiful ladies. We're winning. Uh, Just so good. So we're going to go on. Malta. Yeah. International travel. Finally. They have a really cool weightlifter that goes to the Olympics. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Jasmine. I can't remember. But anyway, I'll look her up. If anybody's interested, she is very cool. Um, so go Malta. <laughs> and Malta's stunning. Like what a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, I would go. Same. Uh I like when Jesse announced Malta, I knew that certain women didn't know where it was. And I love that Autumn in her ITM was like, Malta's in Europe, right? I wrote I noted that too. <laughs> Yeah, I feel that. That's hard. Uh, geography's never been my, like, yeah. strong suit either. But sometimes they're just like, yeah! And then later they're like, wait, where is this place we're going? Yeah, they don't know. But, um... So we start with a one-on-one -on -one date. Lexi is going to explore Malta with Joey. I think these are the best dates, because this is actually what you would be doing in a foreign yes, country with your... Walk around and see all yeah, the things. With your boyfriend, like, eating the food, seeing the sides. She has that touching moment in the church and talks about her grandfather. That was really sweet. I was really mad at that priest for being like, kids complete a marriage. Like, oh, buddy. Yeah, that's hard. Why did no one tell the priest not to say that? Or did they tell him to say that? Ew, they better not have. That will make me mad. Mm -hmm. That's so hard not to wonder. Like, women should not be reduced to their ability to give birth as like a tenant of being a successful woman or having a successful marriage because it looks different for everybody. Yeah. Like get out of here with that. That irked me a little bit, but it's, it's fine. And then they go out to dinner and Lexi opens up about being in stage five endometriosis. endometriosis. Thank you. I always, I have a hard time remembering words. No, that's okay. That one kind of stuck with me. And like she described the way that that tissue like grows all over your yeah, other on organs. Her lungs. Oh, poor Lexi. That just seems. That's a lot. That is a lot. And it's a lot. You know, I, motherhood is never something like I think it's called to me, but maybe if I'm being honest, just because it always felt like that's what I should do, but I've never felt like in the depths of my soul that like I'm bound to be a mother. But I recognize that women do feel that. And if, like, that's important to Lexi, that is a really, really heavy blow. Yeah. That would be, I mean, and then 
flash forward to Joey talking about kids' names with Daisy. Daisy, I was kind of like, oh, this is a guy that wants kids. Yeah, for sure. So that was that was rough. That that broke my heart for Lexi. And I do think as much as we hate on the trauma dumping in this show, this is actually a conversation that you probably should have sooner rather than later because you don't want to fall in love with someone and then have them say like I only want to be with someone who wants to start a family with me and Lexi wants to start a family but she might not be able to and you never know how someone's going to respond to that yeah she's you're right that's a very good point this is the one where it's like this does make sense to have this conversation now and some people aren't open to adoption some people aren't open to the other ways and so unfortunately I think that is like a logistical thing you have to figure out before you can move too far forward in a relationship yeah and I think well kids generally are a really good thing to have a conversation yeah. about but then yeah the inability to have them equally so like that yeah I I felt for both of them in that moment because clearly Lexi's experienced somebody leaving her as a result of yeah. this and that's hard heartbreaking and it is heartbreaking and you know for Joey to also have to process this like that's probably I don't know. I I don't know how common it is for women to know that they can't have kids, but like I'm sure Joey wasn't expecting having to like grapple with that at this moment. So like that probably was also like a little bit of a a step, not a step back, but like just him being taken aback by that. Like, whoa, now I have to think about this. So that's 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 a that's a heavy heavy topic. Yeah, I thought he navigated it well and they're obviously moving forward. What are your feelings on Lexi in general? I love Lexi. I think it's kind of weird that we aren't getting to know Joey as much. And I feel like maybe I've had this complaint before where it just doesn't feel like as much of a like back and forth. Like Joey is just being a really engaged listener. That's kind of how it usually works, unfortunately, with the lead. Okay. But Lexi's in love. Yeah. I like Lexi. There's she's obviously super beautiful, um, super smart. There's something about her that I can't get a read on. And I don't know if it's just because she's protecting herself and putting forth like a very specific image. I don't know. It's almost like there's something there that I'm not quite getting yet. And maybe we'll see more of it as the show goes on. But I think she's like a little bit guarded. Yeah. I find that to be a very normal response. I'm always shocked when people are like, here's everything. Yeah. And like, I'm that way. But it like, it definitely comes with like, you've got to be aware that you're doing that. So like when women are guarded, I feel you. It's, it's hard to get a read, but also it makes sense because. Yeah, ooh, I'm not faulting her for it. No, no, no. I just I, say in comparison to some of the other women, she seems more guarded. Yeah. And maybe not to say. I don't want to prioritize and like play the suffering Olympics, but I do think with Lexi having a partner leave her for the reasons that they left her is like, that's a really adult hard moment when, you know, the heartache and the heartbreak and all of this that comes is for almost like the partner wasn't wrong for leaving. Like if that isn't something that they could overcome, they get to leave. And I don't know. That story just feels a little bit different in relation to like cheating partners or other things because the heaviness of not being able to have children is like, it just is. That is a thing. And so I think maybe for her, she probably is like extra guarded 
because she's experienced real heartbreak over something that is completely just out of her control and hard for her too. So yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that's a good point. She is she is reserved. Maybe she'll now that she's had that conversation and feels safer with him, we'll see a different Lexi moving forward. That would be cool. Because um, that's fair to not know how things are going to go until you tell that very heavy truth and how mm. that's going to be received. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a hard one to hold on to. Okay. Group date. Game of Thrones. Nights. Yeah. Okay. This was so weird to me. <laughs> They're all in night clothes and Joey comes out in a, like a Roman gladiator, no shirt on. Yeah, he definitely had less clothes on, which didn't make any sense. No, and that's like the second time that this has happened. I think the tennis date, he came running out without a shirt on and he was like, whoa, you guys all have a lot more on than I do. I'm just gonna. No, I think it was the capture Joey's heart boot camp date. Oh, yeah. That's right. So was like, on. he wasn't even working out. Well, he did. He didn't end up working out. But yeah, that... I don't know. It kind of bugs me. I've been thinking about this. I think with feminism, we don't want feminism that's like replicating what the guys do. We don't want that. We don't want to participate in capitalism and oversexual like and it goes the other way too. Like feminism isn't hypersexualizing men either. Like right. that's not the move. And Joey had a funny quip about being fun size bachelor, which is witty and funny and I can appreciate that. But also, like, Joey's gorgeous. His body's fine. Yeah. However men show up. I would describe him as fun size. No. And, like, that's really, or, you know, so it's just, I hate the way that the show sometimes, and they did it with Clayton, too, where they just, like, chip away at the, these guys a little bit with and their, their bodies. Yeah. And just, like, just because it's a guy doesn't make it okay. Like, we need to move away from that. Well, Clayton had major body image issues. I know. And they still made him run around in his underwear. I, I think here's the thing. If a guy wants to take a shirt off and feels, like, confident with his shirt off, then fuck yeah. Absolutely. But if it's the producer's idea that Joey shows up at this date without a shirt on and Joey's like, uh. I'm going to put this back like, on. It's. It's not as fun if it, they're just doing it because they feel like it's the production team's idea. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Let everybody establish their own level of comfort. Yeah, like, if you want to show your body, show your body. But you shouldn't feel like you have to be objectified if it's not your idea. Exactly. So, I don't know. That kind of has just been sitting with me and bugging me. And I've always, I think I've been a little flippant about it in the past and just being like, who cares that the men have to be in their underwear? But as I come around and think about this, it's like, yeah, but we shouldn't be forcing them because like, this isn't, this isn't the equality. This isn't the move we think right. it is. We wouldn't this do is, this with women. So why are we doing it with men? Yeah. We want to move away from this objectification or forcing people to be in uncomfortable situations, especially around their bodies and like almost complete nudity in some cases. <laughs> Which is why paradise is nice because people can be as naked or clothed as they want to be. And it's really just dependent on their comfort levels <laughs> yeah that right and no yep 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 i like that so anyway but that out of the way no that's fair and that's something the show could do better at especially with like you know the competitive men team dates where it's like half the guys are super muscular and the less muscular guys are feeling insecure about not wearing any clothes yeah it just puts people in awkward or positions. having to stuff their shorts or their speedos I'm just, I hate that for them. Yeah. No, none of that. Let's not do it. Yeah. We like all bodies. So the date is pretty fun, I guess. Uh, The meet 
what do they call it? The sausage wheel. Um, I will say that the two people hosting it were pretty hilarious. Like the guy, the big soldier guy being like, we're going to do lots of things. Or yeah. I don't remember what he said, but I was like, this guy. This guy. I love that he like squeezes past all the meat and cheese and they were all kind of like, oh, oh, he's he's getting in there. And then he's the one spinning the meat and cheese. Also, Allison cracked me up just like I definitely cheated right out of the gate that thing started spinning and she just reaches out doesn't even look with one hand and just like grabs that sausage and is like done she's like "Mm -mm." boundaries I'm sorry but huge shout out to Joy for saying like I'm gonna do it too I'm not making the women do something I wouldn't do like way to get in there I know (laughs) I just watching sausage after sausage smack their hair smack their faces and like wet sausages right like well but have you held a log of cured meat yeah. they would like give them a concussion if they were swinging cured I meat know, around so the i agree idea of like moist meat oh is gross i'm with you it's it's repulsive i also would not participate i have a hard enough time eating meat getting smacked in the face with it would just ruin me for life and i have to eat meat so yeah it was too much. I hated it, but props the, to Joey and, you know, Autumn really gave it yeah, a Yeah, I'm not a huge Autumn fan, but she really just, she went for it. Dude, when she had that string in her teeth, she should have just yoinked that thing out with her. Because I'm like, you caught the string with your I mouth? Was, I was worried. You win. I was worried the string was going to, like, rip her teeth out. Or, like... I don't know. I've gotten rope burn before. I would not be holding rope in my mouth. Like nobody should do that. FYI, especially if that rope is being pulled around yeah, by a I'm beefy saying. guy. Get that rope out of your mouth. You don't need that. Oh, stressful. Anyway, Very. Autumn wins the night uh, title, right? Yep. She's knighted. She's queen knight. Um, obviously, that didn't mean very much to Joey because she ends up leaving very soon afterwards uh, but yeah as we know it it really man i don't know what i think of this like why do they do these competitions is this to like bring out personalities is this just to humiliate women like and there's been multiple points in this season where they're like excuse me i won i did better why did you choose this person so in the past not all group dates are setting one person up to get more time. I feel like all of a sudden in this season, every group day is ending with, oh, whoever wins gets more time with Joey. Right, because I remember Ari's season, the bowling match. And didn't he keep both teams? Well, yeah, the one team got the thing, but then, yeah, he decided to keep both teams. But it wasn't one woman on the winning team. I know. Yeah, so, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, you're right. It is seemingly just this season like, that this is new. Like, with the team thing, it's usually the winning team gets more time. This whole season, it's been one person. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. Yeah. And yeah, the, that then that one woman, unless Joey's really into her, isn't winning. They're also still having the cocktail party afterwards. So yeah. it's not like they're, they're getting the evening portion of the date, which sometimes happens. That would make more sense yeah. to me. Like, that would be more worth catching a string with a wet sausage at the end of it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, because you'd get a whole evening. Basically, like, a half a one-on-one, which is huge. Yeah, this one, they're just getting, like, oh, let's just go roll around and paint by ourselves, or let's go stand in this corner yeah, and talk. Yeah, how, how long did Autumn and he stand there? 10, 20 minutes? I like, what? It all, yeah, weird. An hour. They're like, okay, see you in 40. 
Also, did Joey pick Autumn or did the Knights pick Autumn? It seems like the Knights picked Autumn. Okay. I don't know. That's that's how I read it. Anyways, let's get to the real meat of this episode. Yeah. The two-on-one. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. That was terrible. I just want to say, you can tell how much these women dislike each other based on how different their outfits were for this date. Maria oh my god, up, yes. Maria showed up in this like body fitting yellow swimsuit cover dress that has plunge neckline, super glamorous, and Sydney's in jean shorts, a tank top and a cover up. Both outfits were very cute, but I'm saying women communicate about fashion. It's like what are you going to wear? I right, sure. I don't want to show up that like wearing something out of pocket compared to what you're wearing. Yeah, like both outfits were fine, but they were totally different vibes. Very. I could not handle Sydney pouting the oh whole God. time. That like just showed me how much she really doesn't give a shit about Joey. She wants to be right. She wants to win. She wants to stick it to Maria. She does not care about Joey. So the way, too, that they both, like, handled that date, and I know that women could be manipulative and Maria could be just, like, putting on a complete show. But so far, Maria has been, like, very consistent and, like, trying to always bring it back to she's here for Joey. Yes. And I believe that. And this date, like, really reinforces that. Well, Sydney is making everything about Maria, and Maria is trying to ask Joey, like, can we get past this? Yeah, I thought that was such a good question. Like, that's the right thing, because sometimes the leads can't get past it. Like, once you're pulled into drama, depending on how it goes, like, you've got so little time that that's just going to be that. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard not to see the discrepancy there of the intentions with their interactions with Joey. Um, I also noticed something that when Joey sits down with Sydney one-on-one, he put his hand on her leg and Sydney like had no body language towards like holding his hand, leaning into him. And I don't know, some people are, are more about physical touch than others. But when you're trying to utilize that very short moment to make a connection with someone, you should be prioritizing it to the fullest. Absolutely. And she was so absorbed with complaining about Maria and talking about how Maria was like mentally abusing her and bullying her. and telling these lies about Maria that she almost like wasn't even really paying attention to Joey. No, Joey was just an outlet for her to vent her frustration. She was dumping on him. And like, I know two on ones are hard. I think they're shitty. I don't think they should happen. I hate them in the show, but Sydney was a prime example of like how not to do this. Like don't try to pull yourself out of that moment and engage with the person you're there for. If you really think that this could be your person, act like it. Why is Joey giving you a rose? Yeah. What connection has she had with him? When he even asks her, like, do you see us working out? And she's like, yeah, I'm doing all of this because of how much potential I see with us and that I can really see a future with us. Yeah, that was that was at the dinner part, right? Yeah, that was so weird to me. Her response was just like automatic, no emotion behind it. That was weird. And I thought Maria's response was a lot more real. And like, she's like, I don't know. There's unanswered questions for me right now. How do you feel about things? We need to talk more. 
I was like, that is so real right now. Well, like, and also for Maria, if Joey is believing Sydney at all, it's like, do I want to be with you? If if you really think like that these things are true, like, do I see a future with you? Right. And that is so missing, I think, from a lot of the conversations that women have with The Bachelor or vice versa is like, you get to have questions of the lead too. You get to wonder, like, am I somebody that you could see yourself with? Like, or, you know, and I think Maria doing that is bold and absolutely spot on. Yeah. And Sydney goes home. Like, thank God Joey saw through the bullshit. I had faith. I kind of knew that he was going to send her home, but thank God. Yeah, I was, I, yeah, I did too. I was like, there's no way he, if for no other reason, his chemistry with Maria is like off the yeah. charts. There's no way. And there is like, has he even kissed Sydney? No. Have we seen that? They have, well, I mean, they, maybe they have and they didn't show us. It's possible, but, um, because obviously he has a lot of interactions with the women that we don't get to see. It's true. But at the same time, I would think that they would show that. There's a very lovely woman who does an Instagram account, has an, does an Instagram, has an Instagram account called Bachelor Data. Love it. Oh, yeah, we get a lot of Super information fun. from that. Yeah. And Sydney has not been kissed. So. Okay. Well, that's really telling. Yeah. And Joey and Maria kiss all the time. I mean. Multiple times. Yeah. I guess if you count, like. We're like four episodes in at this point, right? Yeah. Four. You're right. This is episode four. So. Yeah, this is like almost the halfway mark. If you haven't had a kiss, you don't have a connection. So at least, well, we got rid of Sydney. Bye. Yeah, that that was great. I okay, I learned something. Okay, Sydney got on the show because she is connected to Ashley I. Oh, Sydney's from Rhode Island. Ashley I lives in Rhode Island. Hmm. And I haven't listened to any of Ashley I's response to the Sydney of it all, but and I don't I don't even know if Ashley I is like good friends with Sydney, but I think that that is Sydney's connection to getting on the show. Okay. <laughs> Nick Vial actually bought a pair of pants from her vintage shop oh. when he went out to visit Ashley I and Jared before Sydney was on the show. That's a fun fact. And I will say, despite all of my feelings towards Sydney, I. When we did our guesses at the beginning, I said she was best dressed and I really enjoyed her fashion. That's good. <laughs> good. I agree. She, I, her outfit of the two while I, Maria's is smoking and I wish I know that I would be dressed like Sydney and I would be delighted to be dressed like Sydney. Yeah. And I thought her black, like mini dress with the gold all over it was super cute with the heels. Yeah. yeah. She's got, she's got good style. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll look into that a little bit more and see if I can find some information about the Ashley eye part of it. That sounds good. Uh, I initially, when that opera singer started singing Maria, was like, <laughs> I don't, I felt for Maria. I was like, that's got to be a little uncomfortable. But the show really won me over when that incredible opera song is playing while the the producer goes in and takes Sydney's bag and all of the girls are watching. And I really think they are all, not all of them, some of them are very jealous of Maria. So watching that transpire with that beautiful singer singing Maria and the suitcase going away was just. I was a little surprised. Gold to me. I thought the women 
most of the women were more team Maria than team Sydney. And so I, I was like, wait, what's happening? Is there something they're not showing us? But then when you said that, I, I was like, okay, you're right. They probably do know that Maria has a stronger connection with Joey. And in the end, it's more of a threat. Absolutely. And I think that's more of it. And you can't blame anybody for feeling that way because Maria is a babe. Her and Joey have such intense physical chemistry. Like, we aren't the only ones seeing that. And then add in Maria's confidence, the outfit change, backflips and splits, like... My question is, if Joey had given the rose to Sydney, what would the opera singer be singing? Because she can't just be up there like, Ave Maria. Sydney doesn't want to hear the name Maria when she's like having her moment with the I rose. wondered that too. I was like, did they have like a backup song for something? Or that was beautiful, by the way. Way to belt that out. <laughs> I'm just saying like that would have fucked up the moment for Sydney. Oh, I would have loved to see it. But yeah. All right. So then we have the cocktail party. And man, this is where I feel like the drama candle is just getting lit on fire. Boy, you throw a hot, confident woman into a mix of women who are probably used to being the most beautiful woman and also maybe lacking confidence. Something about Sydney going home really triggered Leia. She was just like ready to go i kind of like imagine those olympic relays and like sydney is just hauling ass and then she gets to leah and hands off the drama torch and leah is just gone and is gonna win this relay with the villain edit like that the the 180 of that we go from throwing the date card in the fire to respecting joey's journey to leah doing the most villainous things i could not even comprehend her reasonings behind having that conversation with medina so basically she's confronting medina because medina is being nice to maria after sydney goes home and leah's reasonings are sydney inserted herself on your behalf and now she's gone basically saying because of you and you're being nice to maria if you were a true friend, you would not be nice to Maria. It's like, that's what she's saying, right? Yeah. And it's like, and fuck Med- off. Yeah, Medina's like, I don't have to be mean to Maria. Because I'm friends with Sydney. Like, it's so smart of Medina to step back and just be like, you know what? I've known these people for, what, two weeks maybe at this point? Three at most? Like, she doesn't need to go to bat for anybody. She doesn't need to risk her position with Joey for anybody right now. It is an individual thing like you can come also on tell that medina is not a very naturally confrontational person no. she is quiet she has no motive to like keep this drama going even though she was originally the one that kind of i don't know she didn't even cause it she <laughs> sydney was the one that read into everything and made a thing out of it i mean maria was definitely shit talking a little but like she was talk- she was <sighs> yeah That's fair. I agree. I don't think she was like saying anything that really. I don't think she's saying something she wouldn't say to Medina. I agree. And that's probably the difference. She would say that to Medina. She did say that to Medina. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I, that Leah, Leah, Leah. I don't know. You started saying Leah. So I started saying Leah because I didn't know which one it was. Leah, Leah. Leah, Leah. Ariana, Ariana. I wanted to talk about that. Why can't people just fucking say it right? I know. Why can't we just fucking say it right? 
people aren't saying Mandy. It's Mandy or Mondy. That's there's a big difference. Ariana or Ariana? Yeah. Leah, Leah. I think it's Leah. It's Ariana. Ariana. Okay. Leah. 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 Like, I don't know. That was just and the nerve of a 23 year old to come up to a 31 year old and be like, uh, what are you doing? Be like, uh, excuse me. I have like almost over a decade of life more than you. And almost a foot of height. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That whole thing. I was just aghast. I just could not, could not, could not. That was, that was terrible. I, Leia is a blaze. Yeah. And then she goes on to have these ITMs saying, I hold my friends to really high standards. I tried to be as gentle as I could in that conversation. Gentle as she could. I That sent me. That just like, fuck off. Respectfully. She, goodbye. Go figure your life out. Come talk to me in 10 years. Not now. And then her saying she's happy that Maria stormed off in <gasps> tears. Like, wow. Okay. Okay. Which then, I don't know. Are we Are we good to move to the next episode? Yeah. Leah then, be, Leah, being mad that Maria is still around. She's like, ah, she wanted to go. Then she should just go. And it's like, you she wanted to go because it's an unhealthy house environment that you are causing. And now you're making it bad. Again. I cannot believe that she continued that line of reasoning. Like, yeah, like, why is she here? She didn't even want to be here. Yeah, she didn't want to be here because of bullies like you. Yeah. Whoa. Stop. Enough. Stop it. Yeah. So. And all of this is really boiling down to the fact that Maria has a better connection and women feel insecure about it. Yep. And then that's like. I, I, I hate that aspect of the show. I wish that women could recognize like you beating out somebody else does not mean that Joey's going to pick you. He's going to pick who he wants regardless of the internal competition that's happening. So knock it off. So Nick Vial made a really interesting comment about this dynamic. And he said, usually the production team is on the side of the house and the house kind of has like a mob mentality, right? Yeah. He said, this is the first season in a long time where you can tell that the production team isn't on the side of the house. By the edit that Maria is getting. Yes. Mm. And that that's like not a normal thing. Oh, that is a very interesting observation. Because they could easily make Maria more of the villain in this situation, sure. but they're not. And so it's creating a very interesting dynamic where you're seeing the women being threatened by Maria, but Maria's not getting the villain edit. And now the women are like crumbling and like starting to build up each other and become like they're collecting more and more bullies. Wow. You know what I yeah. mean? Whoa. That's that's a good observation. This is why we still listen to Nick Vial. He's got some really, you know, insightful takes. I Especially like. with like the productions. Absolutely. I'm fascinated by that. That's that's good to know. Good observation, Nick. Uh the rose ceremony. Who goes home? Medina and No, no, no. It's Allison and oh. Edwina. Oh, yeah. Edwina. Man, uh, I I liked Allison and Edwina. I know. They both had good energy. I was really bummed about Edwina. I was like, really? I know. She was trying so hard. She was so into Joey. She really but gave I mean, it her all. I guess, too, I respect leads sometimes when they send home, 
like maybe strategically recognizing that Edwina really was into him and he wasn't feeling it. So in some ways it's like a mercy to be like, I'm not going to lead you on. There are other women that I feel far more confident stringing along than you. So I, I hope that it's that, but I am sad for that. Something else Nick pointed out is that Joey has not sent anyone home on a one-on-one. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I don't know if that's the people pleaser in Joey, which we know that Joey does have a past of maybe prioritizing other people's needs before his own. Yep. But he's maybe avoiding the discomfort of, like, sending someone home in that scenario. Yeah. Which, honestly, though, if you think about it, I would rather be sent home on a one-on-one than in a rose ceremony. Yeah, because you can sit down and, like, take a moment to debrief and be like, okay, yeah, I understand. And he can, like, comfort you. And you don't have the shame of doing that in front of all the other women. And you don't feel just like a number, you know? Right. Like, it was nice to meet you. Okay, See you bye. later. Yeah, you get two seconds to get a hug and you're out of there. I mean, I know it's rough, but I'm saying let's hypothetically say, because we just saw Rachel go on a one-on-one. I don't think Rachel and Joey have that much chemistry. Yeah, that makes me sad. And but so yeah. was that the moment Rachel should go should go home or do we want to see Rachel go home in a rose ceremony? Right. And that also goes back to as well, like being able to calculate how much the women like him versus how much he's into them. Rachel does feel like somebody who's really into Joey and we're not seeing a reciprocal. Yeah, Joey doesn't want to get his hands dirty. And I think that there's He's definitely mm. avoiding that. <laughs> Ooh, it's gonna backfire. All right. Uh, so now second episode this week, episode five. Yeah. So that well, that was the beginning of episode five. The rose ceremony was at the beginning oh, of that. Okay. Um. Now they're in Spain, and Rachel's vest is everything. Oh yeah. I love that. All of the women's fashion has been so good to me. Yeah. Great <laughs> like, I I like it. He chooses. Kelsey A to go off on the date. Guys, he's sorry. I just think Kelsey A is going to win. He does. He is. I mean, he does it. He is so smitten with Kelsey and he has been like from the beginning, from the beginning, her beauty just like really drew him in Mm -hmm. and it has been continuous. But on this date, he's like asking her if she thinks she can get there at the end. Like if this process is working for her, he also says like in every group date, like I'm looking for you. I'm Yeah, and then I make eye contact you. and you're looking at me and yeah, and I feel like Joey and this opens up a little ooh, excuse me. Opens up a little bit more with her and the the night portion yeah. than he does with the other women. Um and not like open up about open up about himself, but it just feels like he's a little bit more concerned about this being a two way street. Yeah, he wants to make sure that they actually have a substantial connection. Yeah. And her hair. Oh my God. Her, her hair, hair is magic. It's so big and beautiful. It's like Julia Roberts' hair from the nineties. Yeah. Dude. And she is just head over heels for him too. I That's funny. I so when she originally, so I think he's asking her there, this is during the day portion, mm-hmm. and maybe they're on the beach. He's like, do you think, you know, in the end, you could see this process working for you? And I appreciated that she did approach that with a little bit of hesitation. And she's like, I don't know. I'm not falling, but I'm definitely tripping. And I thought that that was really smart on her part to be like, 
I like you and I do feel the connection, but like I'm I feel like it's so common for women on these shows and men too to be like, I see you as my wife, like I'm all in, like this is what yes. Like without even really knowing them, it's like I'm here for this reason, you're the lead. I could, you definitely are my husband or my wife. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Kelsey T also had some real moments where it was like that's the right response to have some hesitation and to be a little reserved. I guess I'm just thinking at the end of the dinner, she like almost goes cross-eyed, like looking up and she was like, that's when she was like, I am falling. Oh my gosh. Okay. Stop it. (laughs) Right. But it is good that like she's got that hesitation Yeah, and you know, felt maybe a little more reassured after she had a whole day with him and got that time. But she's not, nobody on the show is ever wrong for being like, yeah, I'd, every time that happens, it's refreshing, right? That these people are taking pause. They're questioning, is this person also right for me? It's not just about me being right for them. Yes, I want more of that, especially, especially, especially from the women who yes. I think will so often bend themselves just to wind up in a relationship because we as a society prioritize marriage way too highly to the point where women feel like they've got to become something in order to the be marryable. Partner. Yeah. And like, honestly, fuck that. If I, and I know being alone isn't good either, but you also don't want to end up with somebody who you had to mold yourself into. Yeah. You shouldn't lose yourself in order to function in a relationship. No. She shared the story of her mom. Yeah. That was really sad. That is sad. And I felt like Joey, Joey's response and comfort was top notch. It was mom um, issues, man. But. I don't know, guys. I think my I'm this is my prediction. Joey proposes to Kelsey A and she says no. Whoa. That's my prediction of the weird ending. I can't even like wrap my head around what the ending could be. So I know. Who knows if it's right, but that's what I'm guessing. Okay, well, we've got it on tape, so we'll come back and see if your prediction is right. What is next? The way he looks at her, the way he touches uh, her, he the way he says he's smitten with her. He's like more insecure around her. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. He's You're so reading into the room. Her. Ah, that's a good, that's a very good point. I like it. Okay. We move on to the group date. So it was write one sentence that describes or summarizes your relationship with Joey and then paint something. Yeah. I hate that they kept saying that this is a quote and it's like, it's kind of, but like you are coming up with a sentence yeah. and then rendering it into art. That's not a quote. No, it's not a quote, but okay, whatever. We're playing the game. <laughs> um, I don't, why did Jess win this? Just won it because she admitted what everybody else wants too, which is she drew a ring and a diamond ring together with diamonds sparkling in the background because she thinks Joey's the one. And I'm sorry, but this season, I feel like almost all the women think Joey is the one. They are all so... Everyone's gunning for Joey. Yes, they are so into Joey. Like, this is a very popular lead. I'm sorry, but Jess did not do anything. The painting wasn't particularly good. It wasn't very deep. It just sort of, like, for me, felt really flat. But I guess... The woman who chose did Joey choose? It's not clear. I don't know. I don't think Joey would have picked Jess. And then, how do you feel about the? Again, it's like this one-off. Like, okay, you win. So now, have all the women see you guys in white swimming suits before you go roll around half naked with paint? Yeah, I don't know. And I did. 
I mean, they're both very attractive people. Yeah. So, so like, don't get me wrong. Fine. I'll I did watch. write down that I thought that Brayden and Rachel on Paradise did the whole like body paint thing way sexier they... than Joey and Justin. I I know that Brayden is hopefully happily engaged and moving towards a new life with right. Christina, but his and Rachel's chemistry was that was a spicy little paint moment. It was. I loved that. <laughs> And I will never get over how beautiful Rachel looked covered in paint with paint on her teeth. And I'm like, I would look like a fucking gremlin. That's amazing. That I, yeah, I'm with you. They did it better. We don't need to repeat it ever again. Do you hear me? Bachelor production. Yeah, Just they, don't. They also did this date, I think, with Tasha and Zach on Tasha's season. I don't know. They'd recycle a lot of these dates, but it was a weird, like, yay, you won. And now go have a sexy paint moment. And then we're all going to go to a cocktail party. Yeah. Weird. I think that because Jess got that time, she all of a sudden felt like she deserved the group date rose. And so then when she doesn't get the group date rose, that's how we wind up in this, you know, cocktail party bullshit at the end of the episode. Yeah. I agree. All right. Let's let's do the, the group cocktail party after the date, though. Okay. I, I apologize. I was momentarily confusing Kelsey A. Kelsey A.'s mom died. Yes. Maria's got mom issues. Yeah, so I guess when... So at the cocktail party, Maria tells Joey that when she was one, her and her mom were in a really, really bad car crash, but basically a cement truck fell on her. Yeah, I think this is still the date portion. Yeah, the cocktail party of the date. Of the date, okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. thanks, cool. And... So that she's kind of bringing in, like, this is why I approach everything with positivity and I try to just enjoy the moment and be present because, yeah. like, you never know when something's going to drastically change. But basically, because of this car accident, it apparently really altered her mom and her mom was not able to recover and be okay. Um, and she, it sounds like she left. Yeah. Maria and her dad and her dad stayed in the marriage, but I don't know. Yeah, Obviously, I think there's like, like a lot of. Yeah, I think there, there was some editing where Maria was just sort of giving us the the too long didn't read version of what happened. And that's fine. She doesn't have to share anything additional. But yeah, it was a little unclear to me too exactly. But I like that she's saying that her mom thought Joy was attractive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cute. And that was good for Maria to take that opportunity to open up. You know, that worked well. That would be hard. That would be hard. I mean, I'm glad that her relationship with her mom is getting better, but that would be hard. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. (laughs) Then we have a one-on-one with, sorry, was there anything else? Oh, Maria gets a group date, Rose. Which, yeah. I kind of saw it coming. Same. Joey is so into Maria. I thought it was going to be Kelsey T or Maria, and it was Maria. Yeah. Kelsey T. I mean, she's on my team. I'm still rooting for her. I also think that she's beautiful and super smart and athletic and all these things. And so I'm like, come on, Kelsey. You got it going on. Definitely got potential. And Joey likes her, too. He Joey, saying. I know. He's also really into her. And why wouldn't he be? I mean, she's she's pretty incredible. But she got pretty emotionally invested this episode and was she really struggling. Did. I know. That was hard. She was upset when Kelsey A. went off on the Vespa. She looked amazing in that jumpsuit. At some point, you're like, why am I here? Yeah. Right? This is the point in the show where the women start going a little stir crazy. Yeah. And I think that was a moment. Is I think that's where she recognized, too, like, she's got some unanswered questions with Joey, and they need that time to really 
both connect. Yeah, like, like, she needs that too. And again, that's so smart. Like, I don't understand why everybody on the show is not like aware of the fact that they also need to get to know the lead. <laughs> I love how she asked him, like, how can I show up for you? Yeah. And then this is what I need. Yes. I need action. That was brilliant. So smart. Good communication. Yeah. She's, she's on for Bachelor. I'm not saying she's old, but she's on the older side. She's also 31, I think. So, oh, is she? yeah. She does not look it, but no. I think that there's a level of maturity that comes with women a little bit older. And that's always so cool to see to me. And yeah, her communicating that to Joey was rad as fuck. I was just thinking, I would love to see her on Paradise. If they don't do Paradise, what's going to happen? Oh, yeah. Spoiler, I guess, kind of. Paradise is, like, up in the air. It may or may not happen, and that is a real bummer for Mandy and I, since that's, like... That's the best part. That's what are they, what are the boys called? That's our Roman Empire. Like, that's what we're thinking about all the time is Paradise. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Rachel's one-on-one. I love Rachel. I think Rachel, I love how passionate she is about her career. Um, I love the way she just talks to Joey and she just seems so genuine. Um, I also like that she's very forthright about the fact that she has a hard time opening up with people. Yeah. Also, her ability to move her body is unreal. That was so cool. I loved that she got this date. Like, that was really neat to see her just. I hate when women feel uncomfortable and are like borderline struggling and it's the exact opposite to watch them thrive in a date. And I feel like she did such an amazing job and was so comfortable in this setting. And I, I love that for her. Well, when women can push through their insecurities and just give it their all, I think it makes them beautiful. Yeah, I agree. But we have to comment on, so they do a flamenco date and they get the special shoes. And Joey is wearing shorts. And those little booties. <laughs> Like, I've never worn high heels before. I'm like, okay, those aren't high heels. Yeah, that's like a heel boot. Yep. (laughs) But I will say the cut of the boot and the short length was not doing (laughs) him any favors. And Rachel was like, but his legs are working it. Yeah. (laughs) Again, if somebody can push through their discomfort and just own it, it's hot. Joey was rocking it. I was here for it. There was a lot of discomfort for Joey, too. Did you see how serious his face was when he was trying to, like, learn the moves yeah i thought it was really cute (laughs) very joey so far has been just he plays tennis he dances flamenco he surfs he listens yeah we're here for it she there do you have anything particular about the day portion no same i they just don't have a lot of chemistry they don't I love that she opened up about nursing and how hard that is. I think that that is a very difficult profession. Shout out to all the nurses out there. Thank you. Very much. Yes. He seems like he really respects her and like appreciates how incredible of a woman she is. Like, I I can't emphasize that enough. Like, I do feel like he is like, holy shit. Almost to the point of like recognizing that he should like her more, but doesn't. Yep. Because she's amazing. Yeah. But she's not it. I can just tell. But maybe we'll get her as the next Bachelorette. Maybe. Come on. Out there for her. <laughs> um, Jess and I were talking about our Bachelorette picks. And we said Rachel. Jen. And Maria. Yes. For all different reasons. Yes. All three would be fantastic. So that's what we're hoping for. Yep. 
We're waiting for the Golden Bachelorette and the Bachelorette announcement. Uh, the fireworks. I always feel bad. I suspect that those are always close enough that all the other women are aware of them. Oh, yeah. Just same with the helicopter passing just by, circling the wound. Yeah, we've really got to. <laughs> and then poking it a little bit. Yep. Can we just have an entire episode of Joey and Jesse playing tennis? Yes, <laughs> I love that. How fun is that for Jesse, probably, to be able to play tennis with Joey? I love that so much. I want more of that content. Yeah. Jesse shines when he leans into his old man. He's not old either. <laughs> yeah, 44. I also love that they give us Jesse's age, as if we need to know that. It makes me laugh every time. Yeah, I don't know why. It's like, yep, here's Jesse. He's 44. Did Joey wear the rust-colored suit at this cocktail party? I just have to call out the rust-colored suit because, holy shit, it looked so good on him. Oh, damn, that's such a good question. It was like a rust-colored suit was amazing. a dark shirt. Joey's fashion choices, while they don't always land, I love seeing guys take chances. Yeah. Put on the colors. More colors. All the colors. Put on the booties with the shorts. Try it. You know, you just. Yeah, I can't remember either, though. But yes, that does warrant a shout out to the rust colored suit. So Joey's doing what he always does and is talking to the women at the cocktail party. And he's talking to Caitlin, which can I just say, Caitlin is a delight. Caitlin deserves more screen time. I'm glad she's still here. Me too. She she's... might not make it much farther, but I love her. Me too. I feel like Caitlin is somebody that I would want to be friends with. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Just, yeah. And she's talking to Joey, and Maria interrupts them, and Caitlin is like, oh, it's okay. And, you know, I'm sure, of course, she's like a little bummed that her time is cut short, but she goes back, tells the women, you know, Maria interrupted, and Jess starts having a fucking come apart yeah it's giving me disrespect it's giving me disrespect oh, it's giving disrespect it's giving disrespect so funny it's not funny though because just really does lose it and i wanted to talk about this for a minute how do we feel about interrupting during cocktails it's part of the game thank you it kills me that women get and the guys get upset about it, too. Like, everybody gets so pissy. But it's like, realistically, you've got to do what situates you best with the lead. You are not entitled to time with the lead unless you ask for it. Exactly. You've got to put forward some initiative. And if you don't feel comfortable, Joey can't pursue all the women. The lead can't pursue. Like, that's not how this one's got to go. They do occasionally. But rule of thumb is, if you want time for the lead, you have to ask for it or fight for it. Yeah. And Caitlin wasn't upset. She thought Maria handled that well. Yeah. She wasn't mad about it. And it didn't seem like Maria took a ton of Joey's time. She just wanted to kiss him. Can we also remember that Jess interrupted Joey twice on the first night after she had already gotten a kiss? Right. Didn't she awkwardly just stand like five feet away from, I can't remember who it was having the conversation. Maybe it was that, Taylor. That asked for more time. Yeah. And so Jess like scoots over a few feet and then just lurks get out of here you can't and you got extra time at the end of the group date so get out of here it is a dog eat dog world if you want time get in there be aggressive throw some elbows yeah go just, interrupt maria yeah get up and go yeah exactly just 
make it your own. But instead, she like calls Maria a bitch. Well, she's throwing a tantrum. She's like, it's not fair. And I'm sorry. And Maria, again, trying to stay above the fray. And listen, I can acknowledge that it would be challenging to have somebody like Maria who just doesn't want to engage. But again, context matters. And in the context of this show, if Maria doesn't want to engage, she doesn't actually owe anybody anything. Like, people have not been kind to her. Yeah. She has been bullied. Yeah. She's sick of this shit. And she can tell Jess is trying to start more. She's not doing it. And honestly, fine. Is that hurtful for Jess? Probably. But Jess needs to handle that differently. That was that was really bad behavior. But she did the opposite. Yeah. She she breaks down. She does. And she. I was surprised she called her a bitch, to be honest. Yeah, that was like, whoa, okay, we've taken it up a notch. And then, like, of course, who's comforting Leah? Oh, sorry. Who's comforting Jess crying in the corner, but Leah. Yeah. Of course, Maria's the worst. Oh, you poor thing. I know. Like, can we just please move on from this? Maria, Maria, I don't know, bitch eating crackers. Like, poor Maria cannot do anything. And everybody is just, not everybody. I mean, I know it's edited, but Leah is way more focused on Maria being there than Joey. <laughs> yeah. I know. I I don't know. It's a wild one to me. And she, she gets a rose. Didn't Leah also go out of her way to talk to Joey about how it's hard that Maria's still around? Yeah, I thought that was bizarre. And Joey did not engage. Yeah, because he's over it. He's like, I sent Sydney home. We're done. We got over the drama hurdle. It's gone. We're not doing it anymore. Right. And then for Leia to come back and just be like, ah, here's more. I just like, I was so sure. I was like, there's no way she's getting a rose. And then she does. So the drama continues. Are we going to get another two on one? Okay. He's not doing that to Maria. No, he's going to send Leah home. Yeah, he better. I don't know when, but. I don't know. She's just, she's still pouring gasoline on that fire. Oh, yeah, she is. She's like, if I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave it in flames. Yeah. How does I actually stop taking notes at this point because I was so in shock at everything going on and I might have been narrating some of it to Saul. I don't know. But um, so I'm a little vague on. Do they just jump basically straight to the rose ceremony and then. Just stays. So, yeah. So basically, I think as it was edited after Maria. That's the end of the rose ceremony, of course, because now it sets up Jess to be more upset because she didn't get time. And um, we see Medina, Medina and Autumn. I mean, I didn't. I was like, how is Autumn still here? Yeah, that one was surprising. And honestly, I feel for Medina, but Medina too. There yeah. just wasn't the connection. And you, we are at the point of these episodes where if if they feel like they're not getting the time, they're not going far. Like connections have been made. Man, watching what happens next. Things get messy. The women start breaking down. Right. This is the turning point that happens every season. This is where the show gets less fun. Right. Because at this point, we have people we like. I mean, I aside from some really bad behavior, I never want to see anybody like really suffer or struggle. And so it's always hard when you like, you know, they're all in it deep and only one is going to be Joey's wife or Beyonce. Or we both, like, what did we just say? Yeah. Be engaged to. Fiance. 
Sometimes they don't get married. Actually, a lot of the times. I don't know if we've had a bachelor couple yeah. get married. There's only one woman that Joey's going to get down on a yeah. knee for. <laughs> we aren't doing polyamory here, so. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But every bachelorette and bachelor season, there's a turning point where it's like, oh, this gets messy and it's not as fun anymore. Yeah, because it's sad. People's feelings are really getting hurt and people really care. Yeah. So buckle up. Ooh. We're on the roller coaster going ching 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 ching. That's exactly what it is. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's been it's been so fun. Like I'm really genuinely enjoying this season so far. I know. Also, the Bachelor social media game has been on point. I just feel like everyone has been more energized by this season. Yeah. Lucky us. I I'm grateful we're able to talk about it, to watch it. Bachelor, please m- maintain this momentum. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. We're getting Golden Bachelorette. I think that that's so smart. Yeah. Maybe that's what's going to take the place of Paradise cuz the remember the timing of Golden Bachelor and Paradise. We were having Ooh. like we couldn't balance both and it was both. <laughs> I still need I still need something that's paradisey though. I know because Paradise is like honestly probably the most low key actual escapism fun. And they get, I mean, not a lot of couples. They didn't have any couples last time, but the most successful couples have come out of Paradise because it's a more like I use huge air quote fingers when I say this realistic dating scenario where people actually are spending time with each other and getting to know each other. Right. And have an ability to jump from person to person. Yeah. They can homie hop if they want to. Great television. It is. Yeah. Mari and uh, Kenny Mm -hmm. are married. Joe and Serena are married. Ashley and Jared. Though I don't know if like Paradise encapsulated their. No, they did. That's where they met. Well, that's where they met. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it also took Ashley dating a guy on Winter Games for Jared to realize that. A little slow to the update. Um, Who's their friends? Hmm. Why am I forgetting? They have like three kids. Oh, yeah. Tanner and Jade. Tanner and Jade. Yeah. Paradise has been very successful. So why are they canceling it? We don't know if they're canceling it, but that's been what's been. That's blah. That was a lot of bins. We've been hearing rumblings and we hope it's not true. Nick said they should bring back Bachelor Pad, and I am a thousand percent for that. Or Bachelor Games because yeah. the Olympics. Winter Games was great. They should do Winter Summer Games. games. Summer games. Yeah. Absolutely. That would be so fun. If you so didn't fun. watch Winter Games, they did it during the Winter Olympics, and they brought in Bachelor people from all of the different franchises over the world, and they did little winter sport competitions, but it was also a dating show. It was great. That would be incredible. Yeah. I need to watch that still, so I got to find it. I don't know. Get creative. Keep doing new stuff. The Golden Bachelor paid off, but I don't just want Bachelor, Bachelorette, and Golden Bachelor and Golden Bachelorette because... As much as I appreciated the newness of the golden feel, it's still very formulaic and similar. So I I just don't want, like, give me the spinoff that's messier. Please. Yeah, well, it gives us a break from a lot of the purity, like. And it's just not a very realistic no. setting for people to actually make a connection. Because the dates that they go on, for the most part, in Paradise are also dates that you could go on if you were traveling to Mexico. Yes. And so it doesn't have this air of just being like so fantastical that you have no real sense of what the other person would be like. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I I think Paradise is the superior one. And we've talked about ways that they could make Paradise more interesting. You know, like let's gamify it a little bit. Let's mix it up. Yeah. Um. So you know, we'll see. But uh, I don't know. Don't get rid of it. Time will tell. Anything else? I don't think so. I'm proud of us. We actually remembered the candy review. I wanted to end with my top four. Okay, yeah, let's do it. So I think the final four on Joey season is going to be obviously Kelsey A, because I I think she wins. Daisy, Lexi, and Jen. I second that. I don't have anything to add. I will say, just kind of on that note, this would be a really brutal season to watch back for whoever does win. Yeah, that's true. Because he is just making what feels like really heartfelt connections with a lot of women. Yeah. Uh, you guys, thank you for participating in our giveaway. If you did, um, if you're a new listener, welcome. We love you and appreciate you for listening. If you don't mind subscribing or writing us a review, good or bad, we would appreciate any involvement or participation. Absolutely. We're down for taking feedback. We're, yeah. we're new. So like if there's things that you're just not, if we're sort of delivering and could do better, I don't know. Let we'll us take know. it. Um, but ultimately, we just appreciate you and anything that you, if you don't mind leaving us a review, it helps us a lot. It does. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Okay, love you. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Jessica Brumbaugh and Mandy Booth. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Special thanks to everybody who has downloaded and listened to us. We are so, so grateful for your support. Thank you.